comes down to also alignment in what you what you do in life, what you think, what you feel, and what you say. If if you're able to in in the most possible situations, if you're able to harmonize that, to align those things, to me that's when someone has uh, reached success. I'm the most brutal and efficient and most ruthless champion there's ever been. Yesterday you said tomorrow, so just do it. You should be a monster, and then you should learn how to control the problem. It all comes from life lessons and the People often choose products, not because of what they are, but because of where they are. If I walk into the kitchen and see a plate of cookies on the counter, I'll pick up half a dozen and start eating, even if I hadn't been thinking about them beforehand and didn't necessarily feel hungry. If the communal table at the office is always filled with donuts and bagels, it's going to be hard not to grab one every now and then. Your habits change depending on the room you are in and the cues that are in front of you. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. Despite our unique personalities, certain behaviors tend to arise again and again under certain environmental conditions. In church, people tend to talk in whispers. On the dark streets, people act wary and guarded. In this way, the most common form of change is not internal, but external. We are changed by the world around us. Every habit is context-dependent. Interesting. This is a book uh, from James Clear called Atomic Habits. And uh, considering you are very into self-development, I thought I would give this to you. Uh, James Clear talks about all the easy and proven ways to build good habits and how to break bad ones. And I think you could use this for all your teachings and all the clients you work with. Thank you so So, much. uh, Interesting. Thank you. I appreciate it. Atomic Habits. Nice. Hey guys, how's Reen doing? We're doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. And today we're back with the fifth episode of The Success Show. And today we are joined by psychologist, teacher, and most importantly, my sister, Luisa Belgobli. And uh, Luisa is very much into self-development and uh, the concept of uh, reaching one's full potential. And today we're going to talk about a lot of topics that also relate to success and uh, I have the feeling that now we had a lot of uh, people on that are like a bit more famous or have really attained success in the eyes of many people. But here we have someone that is actually trained to help people with discovering their minds and uh, everything that goes into actually becoming successful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a very practical podcast with a lot of uh, tangible information that people can actually put to use. So I'm really excited to have this. Lisa, welcome. Thank you. Is there anything I should add to your introduction? Thank you. That was a very beautiful introduction. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to, uh, to be here. Yeah, what you, uh, what you said is correct. And, and I'll add that I, um, I'm a school psychologist, so I work with kids mostly. And, uh, and I've also been teaching, uh, teaching a lot, and I, I still do that now. But mostly uh, I work in the field of psychology. And uh, that entails that I, uh, I mostly help kids with learning difficulties. So, for example, you can think of dyslexia. That's a very prevalent issue that, uh, that I help kids with. And um, what I try to do with children is that I, despite difficulties that they might have, I try to help them reaching uh, their potential. And so we work at the level of, of course, for example, with dyslexia, the language uh, itself, but also uh, mindsets like uh, how how can you still feel, how, how do you deal with difficulties or mistakes that you make? So um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a short summary of, uh, of what I do. And c could I ask you about your qualifications? So obviously, I, I, sure. know you, I know you very well because you're my sister. Yeah. But could you tell the people uh, what you've studied and, and where you did your research, basically? Yeah, sure. Um, so I did my bachelor's in psychology and also in French because I wanted to be able to be also a teacher, to teach French. And then I did a master in uh, linguistics. And with that Master in Linguistics, I was also able to do a, a second Master that's called the World Teachers Program, a, super, a really uh, awesome teaching program that teaches you um, how to teach in, um, in, a, in an international context. So I learned also a lot about international schools and uh, the consequences of mobility for kids, maybe we'll travel a lot, go to different schools, the effects of that. Um, uh, so those two. And then I did a Master in School Psychology. So... Uh, yeah, everything psychology, learning how to uh, how to assist kids. Yeah, that's the combination I uh, I chose, and I'm super happy with it. That's really nice, and I, I think uh, like both like the goal of both masters was to be able to help people, right? To in both teaching and psychology. In my case, yeah. Yeah, and and, yeah. and those are two overlapping uh, subjects, yeah, right? For sure, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. But, So you have a very strong fundament of. Uh, the basic things you can help people with so yeah i've learned a lot yeah it's true yeah from different perspectives too mm -hmm. very nice so i think it would be interesting to talk about in today's podcast yeah. is how one uh could basically reach one's full potential and obviously this is a very broad topic yeah it is uh but i think it would be interesting to just start somewhere and i would like to ask you where do you think we we should start yeah yeah that's uh i've been thinking about this and so i'm going to start in a bit i'm going to draw a pyramid on my whiteboard um because during a training that i followed um a lady talked about the logical levels of self uh self-development and i find that a very useful concept so what i'm going to draw is a, a pyramid okay um, for the people that are watching, uh, that are sorry, the people that are listening that can't see what I'm drawing right now, so I'm drawing a little pyramid triangle with six levels one, two, three, four, five, six. And uh, in that way, we're going to conceptualize how, yeah, you know, self, uh, self improvement, a vague term, we're trying to okay. make it concrete. Yeah. Um, Here's the pyramid for the people that can see it. It has six levels. And at the fundament, at the, the, uh, the base level... Yeah, the um, bottom of the pyramid for people that are listening again. Yeah. Um, I'm writing an E for environment. Okay. And uh, you mentioned it in, your, uh, in the passage that you are reading. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's the first level at which one can make changes. You can ask yourself the questions. Oh, where am I? Um, who, are, who are the people around me? For example, let's take an example of someone and uh, who, as their goal, they want to become more self-confident, for example. They want to have a higher self-esteem. Um, first, they can have a look around them and think, oh, yeah, but who is around me? Uh, who could maybe help me reach my goal? Who might be in the way? Um, that's environment. And as you mentioned in the book, it's a very important layer. And uh, just sure. to quickly ask a question about that. Yeah. There is a saying that... Uh, is used by many parents, uh, which is really funny. Yeah. And they say you are the sum of the five people that are around you. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and basically, if, if you look at the, from a success show point of view, sure. that would mean that the five people you surround yourself with uh, are basically like uh, a uh, math equation that basically mm -hmm. resolves in you. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 like, 
that has a lot to do with that, right? Because yeah, the people environment. That, yeah, yeah, it's environment. For the sure. five people that you are with constantly, that could be like your sister, your mom, mm -hmm. your very best friend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Would you want to say something about that theory and, and, and the way you, you look at it? Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's indeed the case that it's um, the people we surround ourselves with definitely, they have an influence on us. We spend time together, we have conversations with them. So um, that's definitely, uh, that's the case. And, and it's good for people to be, to be aware of that. Uh, maybe people want to reach a certain goal, like oh, I want to increase my, uh, my self-esteem. And then they don't realize that actually if they have someone in their lives who, who might, um, you know, not motivate them, uh, that that's actually in the way. So just to be aware of that already is, is important. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Nice. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to draw a layer on top of, uh, yeah. environment and that's behavior. So that's a B. <laughs> okay. So now for the people listening again on Spotify or whilst you're driving in your car, Now we have a, pyram a pyramid with six mm -hmm. layers. <laughs> the bottom layer is uh, environment. Yeah. The second layer, the one above that, is behavior. That's right. Yeah. And so behavior, of course, yeah, you can uh, try to reach a, a change uh, at the level of environment and then behavior as well. So, um, oh, self-esteem again as an example. How should I behave in a way that I feel more confident um, about myself? How should I speak to other people? So that's really in your actions, your day-to-day -day behaviors. You can also make changes on that level. Um, and then after behavior, we can also look at skills. So I'm writing an S on top of the B. Okay. It's the third level of the pyramid. We're at the middle now. Yeah, we're at kind the middle. Of. And <laughs> sort of, yeah. Um, yeah, six layers. So skills, uh, that's, that's even more specific than behavior because uh, then we're speaking about, okay, what specific skills do I need to acquire that would help me? Um, so maybe I should learn um, good skills of public speaking that could actually help me and, and build my self-confidence. So we're speaking about specific skills okay. here. And these skills, are, are we going to get into how, how these are built afterwards? Um, oh, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, how to uh, depends on the on the skill. Yeah, uh, can already say we we've spoken about this yeah, before yeah, exactly. uh, about habits, for example. Like, how long does it take to really internalize um, uh, a habit? Uh, and they say, on average, of course, it depends on the person and it depends on what you're learning. But they say that can be 66 days. Um, so, so that would mean just to to uh, connect a practical. Uh, practical uh, aspect to it yeah imagine i want to start training i want to start working out yeah, yeah yeah that means that i would have to do it for around 70 days in order for myself to be able to consider it as a habit and it will be easier for me at that point yeah uh to do it without having to drag myself out of bed yeah and yeah, go yeah. to the gym without feeling like a heavy load on my shoulders yeah that's that's right you do it more automatically though i have to add that on this layer we're actually really speaking about specific skills so then i'm more thinking about the acquisition of a skill maybe someone okay. picks up a study or something yeah uh, but this is still very interesting i think this is also more on yeah. level of behavior yeah, i was gonna say that yeah yeah so 66 days for i i have it my Myself with waking up early i found it super hard to wake up early when i wasn't really used to it and now i've been doing it for a long time now it happens automatically i, I uh, don't feel any struggle <laughs> doing and, and, that and do you by any chance know if the same thing counts for breaking bad habits oh that's interesting um i haven't read up on that but i i would imagine i yeah what's harder acquiring a new habit or breaking uh, uh, uh one that you already have 
Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll look into that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perhaps we'll put something on the screen right now. How, how many days it takes to break <laughs> a bad habit after my cool. sister will have read Atomic Habits? Yeah, nice. Yeah, sure, it's in here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah. We're, we're so we've move, spoken uh, about yeah. behavior habits. Then we added also the layer of skills, and now I'm going to add another layer, and uh, this is also a B. So layer number four. On the pyramid has a B, and that's our beliefs. So um, this was more concrete, and now at the level of beliefs, um, again taking the example of someone who wants to build their self-esteem, um, they can think about oh, what what beliefs do I have that actually help me with my goal, and what self-limiting beliefs uh, do I have, and are those true, or why do I have them, where do they come from? So that's examining your beliefs and. Yeah, someone can make, if they want to, they can make a change at this level as well. Could you elaborate on the meaning of limiting self-beliefs? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good question. Um, limiting self-beliefs is basically, uh, well, in the case of someone who has low self-esteem, maybe they think that they need something to be good enough that they don't actually need. It's just in their in their head. So they think, oh, if I if I reach uh, this goal or, you know, if I look uh, good enough or something, um, only then will I get rid of my uh, low self-esteem. But um, that's, yeah, that's something that's, that's in there. It's beautiful to have a goal, but you know, you're already, you're on okay. your way. That's already good enough. Yeah. So that's an example and, and to put that comes in, to mind. In, in children language, basically it starts to have that uh, have a ne negative impact, right, on yeah. things that you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. yeah. they're, they're, they're literally limiting you. Uh, they're limiting one's full potential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, people that that maybe dwell on about problems that maybe right now they can't do anything about, and they keep uh, thinking yeah. about that, and then put that on as a as a barrier, uh, even psychologically, that they don't feel good. Um, yeah, th those are examples of self-limiting beliefs. Nice. Um, so those are beliefs, and then we move up again, uh, layer number five, and I'm drawing an, uh, drawing an I for identity. Okay. And uh, here, this, this is a question I find very interesting as a psychologist. Uh, who am I? What are my uh, qualities as a person? What, what am I naturally inclined to do? Uh, what am I good at but not just in terms of skills but also in terms of your natural tendencies am I good at listening to people am I someone who who is very, a good speaker um, uh, everything identity so the who am I in, in the broadest sense um, and I'm going to elaborate on uh, on that okay very today. interesting I'm uh, yeah. excited to hear about that yeah 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 um, and then I'm go quickly going to draw an M uh, at the top of the pyramid and M stands for mission and um, these two really go together because it's like with who I am, now that I know who I am and, and what my qualities are and, and what my uh, points are that I'm, I'm less good at what do I want to, what can I or what do I want to contribute to the world with who I am what comes naturally to me, what can I do um, that would maybe help others or help myself um, basically what is my mission um so that's the that's the pyramid these are um all layers at which we can work on on ourselves and we can choose basically okay clear yeah um and and what i've noticed a lot is that 
right now, um, when we speak about success, for example, a lot is done at the level of environment, at the level of uh, behavior, you know, habits, uh, getting those good habits, um, motivating yourself to actually do these things. Um, a lot is happening also at a level of beliefs, you know, fixing your mindset. Um, and that's a, a lot of success stories revolve uh, around these levels and they're, they're very inspiring. Um, but what I wanted to do today is to maybe focus more on the upper levels of the pyramid um, and to really speak about, yeah, but who, who, who am I? How can I know actually who, who I am and mission? Uh, statements. Could I ask, are, are, are those considered the, the more complicated ones, like the, the ones where you perhaps need to have read enough literature to actually know what happens in the brains oh. of, of, of one? Because like behaviors and uh, like and, and basically the bottom the, the bottom of, of, of the pyramid. Yeah. I feel very comfortable talking. Yeah, like yeah, I, no, I, yeah. I, I, I've noticed uh, too. It's yeah, like I, 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 I like to train with children, for example. Yeah. And then we talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it would be difficult for me to be like, okay, but who are you? And I'm, right? sure, I'm sure that's not the question that you ask when, when you talk about identity, but no, it's, it's it's you need a certain. I feel like you need a certain like specific knowledge in order to to, to talk ah, about those yeah, like, yeah, yeah. subjects because it's I, I think it's uh, it's very delicate. It is, but yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's more self. It's less self-evident than conversations about uh, what are good habits. What are three great things I can do in my week to improve myself? Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. Uh, who am I? Uh, who are? Who is my friend? How do we differ? That's those are more complicated uh, yeah. issues, indeed, um, or more complicated topics. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. So, but then at the same time, I think we would put the bar uh, very high if we tell people. But so you need to go for a year, read a lot of books about yeah. psychology and things. Um, a lot, a lot of it. I, there was a, a very interesting psychologist I, I once saw, uh, and she was. It was in Dutch. She was saying, you know, whenever you you do something, ask yourself, what is it in me that makes me react this way? So if you get upset about something, for example, um, or if you feel tense in a certain situation, to have that habit of always self-reflecting um, and, and watching yourself, basically. And what I want to do today is that we're going to speak a little bit about some personality theories. And I'm going to lay out the different traits that uh, that some theories have shown that, that people can have so that people can compare those things and say, oh, I'm more like this and I'm more like this. Um, so at that level... Uh, does okay. it make sense? Yeah, yeah, it it, yeah. it makes lot it, it makes a lot, lot of sense. It's just like it's very new to me. Yeah, so yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I was thinking a little bit. Okay, like what, what like uh, yeah. What, uh, but I, I find it really interesting, basically. Cool. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to to learn about the, the different layers. Fun. Yeah. Nice. So you mentioned the different theories that they are. Uh, how could one go on about defining their own personality? Yeah. Good. Uh, good question. And that's been a question that has been asked for a really, really long time. So people used to look at the stars and uh, used to use astrology. Still, It's still a popular th thing right now. Um, that's been invented a very long time ago. And they would say, oh yeah, based on how the planets uh, stand, uh, that has an influence on our personalities. Uh, people used to read faces 
uh, and and make theor- make up theories about that. That uh, if your nose is a certain side, it might say something about you. Uh, people used to read hands as well. They used to look at handwritings and try to define um, the people like that. So a lot of attempts have been made. Is there any science in any of those four uh, theories you talked about? Yeah, no, they're not. These are not scientific. And this was before uh, before science, basically, okay. when we didn't have the scientific method. Um, these were some examples that were used, and they're still still being used uh, right now. Sometimes. Uh, Uh, by some people who still and uh, yeah does this have anything to do with the astrological science because i say a lot of like especially girls science. that uh like, <laughs> yeah. when, when, like when, when i start talking with them they're like yeah, i love it oh, are you this <laughs> like are, are you gemini <laughs> like like yes you are <laughs> yeah. yeah i am actually yeah uh like w- what is that about Can, could you tell me something quickly well, about that well that's that's this that is okay. like that old they say i think i've heard astrology is the oldest science of people uh, i've okay. heard i think i've heard that statement very old old thing um but Uh, as far as I know, astrology is not. But I don't know enough about astrology. But as far as I know, it's not. It's not a science. It's um, it's an empirical thing that people used to do. Empirical means that you just you look. People used to just look at the sky, um, and they were making. They saw that when the planets were standing a certain way, certain events were happening, okay. and and they were also adding. Uh, they were also saying, okay, and and when you're born, then. That's also, it affects you in a certain way. That's what I know about astrology. Very old uh, concepts. People are just very interested in how we differ and what our traits are. And that's why, and and I think also uh, maybe more so with women than with men, because uh, in it's in women's nature to be more interested, depends of course on the women, but on average, in relationships, dynamics, social dynamics. So that's how I would explain that mostly women find this uh, very interesting. Um, yeah, that's uh, that. It's I think it's just an old an old thing. And it's based on observations. Still, uh, it's based. Yeah, it used to be based on observations. That's okay. how it came about. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Sure. Um, and I I thought yeah. So those are those are the, the old old ways that people used to do it. And what's funny is that um, those are all ex- external ways. We're looking at our hand. We're looking at the planet. Looking at the face. And then there was this man Carl Jung who came uh, who came around. And he made observations. He was a psychiatrist, um, and he made observations in his patients. And he said, "Oh, there is such a thing as introversion and extroversion." He's the one who coined these terms, and it's um, and and those are certain ways that that people manage their their energy. Some people are energized by being with others. Um, other people are energized by a time with themselves. And that's something he had noticed. Uh, and for the first time, that was not a trait that was really based on a, some physical attributes, but more he saw those as internal mechanisms that people uh, people had. So that's Jung uh, for you. Okay. And... Uh I mean, in, in in French school, we we had a lot of like yeah. we, we we did some psychology like really oh, shortly. We touched on it. Cool. And uh, and also in, in in history class, actually, we oh, yeah. we talked about uh, Jung, but also about uh, what was his name again? There's not a very famous psychologist. Yeah, Freud. Probably. Freud. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, should I tell people are always interested in Freud? Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've heard more about him than Jung, actually. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Yeah, so when I was in university, 
Um, Fred and Jung, by, I'll just preface by, by saying Fred and Jung is not, are not that popular anymore because they, are not, they don't fit the spirit of this time anymore where psychology is more linked now to biology and it's much more um, looking at the brain. And, and, but we did have a short uh, course on about a lot about Freud and then like one slide or something about Jung. And I went up to my to the professor who was giving this course and I asked, oh, can we, I, I always, I don't know why, I always found Jung very interesting. And I asked, why don't we uh, learn some more about Jung? And he told me, you know, Jung was too big for this world. His ideas were too, <laughs> too crazy. Mm. And I thought, oh, um, and uh, I'll, I'll go a little bit more into Jung. But like in, in a negative sense, he no, said it? No, in he admired Jung. Or he admired Jung. Yeah, I could see but it. But it, uh, it didn't fit in the, yeah. in the school uh, in the, in, in the little drawing lines that <laughs> the, the university had, had written out. Yeah, uh, yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, uh, yeah. But, but, but uh, now I'm, case, I'm, I'm yeah. really curious about Jung. Like, w w what was so great about him that yeah. teachers at school do not want to? Oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, I can, uh, I can, I can tell you this, and also related to Freud. So then I, I'm yeah. answering both questions at one at once. So these two psychologists were very famous um, because they were uh, at the time they were emphasized putting emphasis on the concept of the unconscious. Um, and the unconscious means that, okay, we have a conscious mind and that's things we are uh, aware of. The unconscious entails like all your motivations, uh, uh, inclinations, things that you might do in your life, uh, but that you don't directly have access to. You don't even notice them. You can't self-reflect on them. Um, and, and so Freud said, you know what, the unconscious, that's based on personal experiences and uh, we only have like a personal uh, unconscious and then he was saying that uh, a lot of things in the unconscious have to do with lust and aggression instincts that people naturally um, have and and he was the one who came with the, the a bit of a crazy yeah the crazy theory that um Boys are actually, when they're young, in love with their mothers and they see the father as a rival and girls have the same thing for their father and they see the mother as a rival, uh, the, uh, yeah, the mother as a rival. And so uh, that creates all kinds of dynamics and then later on that still has an impact on you. So a lot about a bit of the, the taboo uh, kind of thing with, uh, with lust and that, that defines your unconscious impulses. Um, that was... Freud. And just one more thing. Yeah. I remember I had a whole French class about Oedipus complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what you described with the with the yes. the, the boy liking his mom and the dad being the rival? That's it. Yeah. Could that's you tell this. something about that because I thought that was really interesting when I was young. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, I I don't remember the exact story, uh, but I think it was wasn't it like a man who. Um, he accidentally killed one of his. He accidentally killed his father, and then he ended up marrying his mother um, without knowing that she was his mother. I, yeah, something like that. I don't that. know. It was something it, crazy. Something weird. Yeah, if I remember correctly, um, this is like a myth that already existed a long time ago, and then maybe Freud used that uh, okay. that concept yeah. and and called it the Oedipus. Um, complex um but that that shows how vague the the unconscious can uh, can be um and and i'm yeah personally i you know i don't i don't know if this is actually the the case but it's very it's very interesting um and and freud was already uh, very well established 
as a psychologist when Jung came around. Jung was younger than, than Freud. And the first time they met, they had a conversation that lasted for 12 hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they I'm were... I'm doing podcasts for one half hour. I'm <laughs> tired. that tired after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these men, they were so interested in, in each other's theories. They were both in the same field and um, they they had a lot to, to learn from each other. And Jung, when he was uh, younger, he really looked up to Freud as well. Um, and so Jung also did a lot of work uh, about the unconscious. And Jung said, okay, Freud has his theories about this personal unconscious, the lust, the aggression. That's all very interesting. But he thought there's so much more to the unconscious. And he didn't believe that it's just that. And he also thought that the whole thing with the lust and the father-mother complex, that's more uh, a reflection on, on Freud's state of mind than the actual reality. And so after a long time that they really had a friendship and a good relationship, and Jung didn't really dare to go uh, against Freud's words, they actually broke off their friendship because of this clash. And that's, yeah, that's kind of sad, but also very interesting to uh, to see. And so why Jung is considered a little bit, ooh, a little bit, uh, maybe a little crazy theories, like what my professor said, oh, he was too, too much, <laughs> too big, but he had still admired him, um, is that Jung draws this first layer. He says, yeah, we do have a personal unconscious that's shaped by our experiences, not just uh, what Freud says, but also many other things. And there is also such a thing as the collective unconscious. And he says that's the unconscious part of our unconscious deep-seated in uh, in our being um that is not shaped by personal experience so those are concepts that we already have acquired just by virtue of being a human being genetically in a in a strange way yeah uh it's already there and it's from our ancestors okay. it's knowledge that we already have that's that's there basically woven into our dna yeah, I don't know exactly how, mm. but he got very famous for for this idea, especially at that time. And um, and, and and like, the, yeah. does that differ from person to person, or does everyone have the same? Yeah, um, he says that everyone has the same, uh, and and he then also went on to draw something he called archetypes, and so those are specific recurring symbols that um that that keep coming back and that he thought people have and and one more thing about this is that he came to this conclusion because he was traveling all over the world and he was comparing mythologies and in um countries or places that had nothing to do with each other he would find the same symbols and so one tribe was describing this these symbols okay. and then the other ones and then he based on that he he made his uh his theory about the collective unconscious so one of the factors so that's why jung is uh was considered yeah a little bit special mostly about this idea and then also other ideas he had nice so now we had a little history lesson about yeah. the, the two uh <laughs> Basically, the two bricklayers of psychology, right? Um, well, or they were more. important mostly in the twenties. There are many, many more. Okay, there yeah, are many more, yeah, and, and, and many disciplines. Oh, yeah, there's like, so so much. It's really interesting. Uh, but yeah. basically, two people that that were interesting yeah. for uh, yeah, two important men. Uh, yeah, and 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 now let's move on to the more practical side of it. Uh, yeah. how can one 
define their own uh, personality. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I had briefly mentioned already introversion and yeah. extroversion. Um, so let's let's just go into uh, two theories of, of personality that, that we can have a look at. And um, I'll go into a theory that Jung um, proposed uh, in, in his book Psychological Types. So we already know the terms introversion and extroversion, uh, where one draws their energy from. Um, and Jung went on to say, as human beings, uh, we have like our, our psychological makeup uh, and we have different so-called cognitive functions. And those can be uh, inwardly directed or outwardly directed. Um, so I'm going to use the, the board again, <laughs> going to draw something. Um, Because I, I'm afraid that people are going to look up, oh yeah, Jung's theory about personality, and then they'll find it's called MBTI. And then they're going to look online, and they're going to see this, these personality tests, and then they will see something like, oh, I am an um, E-N-T-J. Like this four letters, E-N-T-J. Oh, I am extroverted, I'm more of a thinker, and I'm an intuitive, and I use my judgment. Um and that's but but Jung's theory was was much more uh, elaborate and and delicate than that. Um, so just to, yeah, if people are going to look into Jung's theory about personality, I recommend there's a great website. It's called cognitiveprocess.com. It's the most accurate website I've uh, encountered that really breaks it down. Um, so it's not just about am I an introvert or am I an extrovert. Um, it's how am I introverted and how am I extroverted depending on what situation I am in? Okay, so yeah. then c c can we conclude that everyone has a little bit of both? Definitely. To some extent? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We have so-called introverted function functions and extroverted functions. And what you want to know uh, in order to be become more predictable to yourselves is what about me is introverted? What about me is extroverted? So this has to do with self-awareness, right? Like, definitely. Okay. And we're not going to, I'm not going to explain the whole, there are many functions, I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, I'm just going to go into, for example, F and T. I just drew an F and a T on my board. Okay. Um, F stands for feeling, T stands for thinking. Okay. So Jung said, okay, those are directions with which people can relate to the outer world and make decisions, for example. And uh, you can do it based on feeling. So feeling stands more for values um, and thinking is more logic. But then he says someone can be more of an introverted feeler or an extroverted feeler. And someone can be more of an introverted thinker or an extroverted thinker. So I am quickly drawing something on the board under my F and my T. I am drawing an I and an E. And it's, I think it's interesting to know about these contrasts, especially in social dynamics, um, because that helps you navigate uh, how you deal with others and what differences you notice uh, when you're interacting with someone. So an introverted feeler, we already know feeling has to do with values and introversion has to do with uh, the internal world. An introverted feeler mostly has an internal 
thermostat. That's what I uh, call it. So they know exactly how they feel in a certain situation, what their values are. They're quite grounded in that way. And they, um, at least that's my impression of uh, the introverted feeling function, is um, they ask of others to maybe adapt to them because they're clear on who they are and where they stand. And they assume the other person in front of them is that too. And... um, the, they're they're very stable in that sense, or they they're very aware of how they um, how they feel. Um, I'm going to contrast that with the f- function of extroverted feeling. So someone who has more extroverted feeling in their psychological makeup, uh, they have more of an external thermostat. So they might not always know how they feel inside in a certain situation or what their values are at the moment. Um, but they like to adapt to the outer world. They're good at creating harmony, for example. So they they regulate their feeling is regulated by the external thermostat. These are the people when they go walk into a room and the mood is down, they will feel feel that too. Whereas the introverted feeler may, might not notice. For example, okay. One side, same thing we can do for introverted thinking and extroverted thinking. Uh, people who do more introverted thinking, they have their internal logic. They use that as their compass. What makes sense to me? Um, when I was making like a, uh, and making a little French course, I was really focused on, oh, um, how can I do this right? What makes a good course according to my own logic? And then you came, we had looked together, and you said, no, you really have to look, you have to take into consideration, this is my blind spot, what works for everyone? What is a useful tool, platform you can use to actually use it? So external, extroverted thinking is more about efficiency, external efficiency, what works for everyone? Okay. Um, more goal-oriented. And I would say introverted uh, thinking is more truth-oriented. What's true from, for themselves? What, what, is, what is right? What's accurate? Accuracy versus efficacy. Okay. So that, that's just um, to give you a little taste of, of what Jung says about personality. And then there are many more functions. And basically, you can put those functions in an, in an order depending on what's uh, on top and what's uh, down, that's going to determine maybe how you take in information, how you relate to others. And I personally find it very useful to, um, to know that about myself and to, to see it in others. And ask how can one use this knowledge to their advantage? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. It's a very uh, extroverted thinking <laughs> question of what can we do with this? How can we apply it? Um, and so to that, I would say, of course, yeah, the main goal is reaching a level of self-awareness um, and very concrete examples of this are for example how is it that I am at ease in certain situations and in other situations um, I'm, I'm just not or around certain people I I feel like I can just be myself and relax and other around other people I'm more tense um, I for me personally understanding these these theories kind of gives me an idea of uh, dynamics that are going on and in that way uh, you become more predictable to yourself you already know before you go in a certain situation like oh yeah this in this situation there will be these dynamics I'm wired like this I already know I'm going to be tired after this meeting so maybe you can prepare. <laughs> um, you can already set up your environment. We were talking about that pyramid, that base level that's very important, and also in the book. Uh, you can set up your environment in a way that's optimal for how you're wired. Um, another example I can give, I spoke about this introverted feeling 
trait and extroverted feeling. So imagine a conflict between someone with a high introverted feeling and someone who's high in extroverted feeling. Someone high in introverted feeling can very uh, more more easily say how they're feeling, why they're upset, and they that you know they they know where where they stand and. Um, maybe they're arguing with the extroverted feeler and the extroverted feeler is like sitting like thinking overwhelmed and then the introverted feeling uh, person will tell the the other like hey you know say what you think say how you feel you know you can you can talk like show 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 us how you uh, show me how you feel i want you to i want to understand you know you can speak freely but the f- person with extroverted feeling it's just not it doesn't come as easily for them to uh, maybe they need some time alone to really understand because now right now they're really feeling the the mood of the environment they're feeling the conflict and the tension it's not this external thermo uh, thermometer it's not clear yet to them how on the inside they're feeling they need some time for that that's not necessarily their strength um so they might get criticized on that. And if they don't know, oh, yeah, that's because I have extroverted uh, feeling and, uh, and I can have difficulties with this. Maybe they will get frustrated with themselves and they're like, yeah, why is it that everyone can, in an argument, for example, they can really uh, reach their feelings, say how they feel. And I have difficulties with that. Um, and but maybe the extroverted feeler will say to the introverted feeler, you're not empathetic enough. You're not. You don't have a good feeling for for the environment, the vibe in the room right now. You're not playing into that more easily. Um, and then the introverted feeler will maybe get insecure about that. Uh, basically, different languages are being spoken by yeah. by these people. Um, and to come back to self awareness, I think it's important to be able to speak kind of an, an objective language and personality theories are, are useful for this that you can that you can put yourself on a, some kind of skill um introverted feeling for example okay yeah this is uh, something i uh, i do a lot that's my natural tendency and then by contrast you develop self-awareness because otherwise what happens is that someone saying i'm going to develop self-awareness i'm going to spend a lot of time by myself reflecting uh, just uh, yeah being uh, being with me just really taking in my thinking a lot what's then going to happen is you're just going to if you're your own reference points you just you're going to get more of you and what you want is to uh to to measure yourself up to something external basically and that's what i find very useful about the personality theories they give you a palette of different options and then with some reflection and asking others as well you get an idea of oh yeah this is more where i stand this is how it can clash with others or this is how it goes well with others very useful in team management as well what type of tasks do you give someone how yeah and i uh i see parallels between this and love languages yeah do you know anything about that oh it's been a while since i um i looked into love languages gifts uh physical touch Quality time. There are a few conversation. Yeah, yeah there's a fifth one. Um, and yeah, and that's fun. those are also yeah. like different ways that work for people, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because s- sometimes you might think like, like that's crazy. 
Yeah. But it's, so, it's not crazy. You're just speaking a different language. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you're you're saying like the same things, but you're not. It's not coming in in the same way. And yeah. Even when uh, when dating, for example, mm -hmm. uh, imagine you're you're dating with someone and like you're doing everything in your possibility mm -hmm. uh, to do because you're like, if someone did that for me, that would be amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then you're you're doing that for them, and and it it, it, it doesn't seem to work. Yeah. And if I understand correctly, like uh, we didn't talk about love languages, but They they're just speaking a different language, yeah. Or, or and 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 they're yeah. doing things in a different way, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's good to be aware of that, yeah. And, and also, I, I think for uh, speaking personal uh, sure, experience, yeah. it, it's it, it it's good to have those talks before with a potential partner, yeah. Talk about what things do you value in a yeah. relationship. Uh, we we're talking about personality, but I think this was also interesting. It's to, it's very uh, similar. It's the exact same use uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. And. And for example, it's one thing to know, because we all know there are different personalities or there are different love language. People uh, show their love differently. Okay, interesting. But how exactly? What are the those five, what are those, whatever, 16 personality traits that are out there or another number? What exactly are those things? And then, then you can really start um, comparing and having, because we all know we're different. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But exactly, how exactly? And... Um, And then by using theories like this, you can also have better conversations because you get a language uh, in, in dating as well. You get a language, oh, okay, um, you like uh, spending quality time more and I like uh, conversations. I'm not even sure if that's a love language. Um, but you can really have that that concrete conversation about how you differ. Same thing with personality. So, yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, considering you have been studying the, the theory for a long time and you know a lot about it, Uh, just to draw another quick metaphor, some people speak speak a lot of languages. Yeah. Right. So they they yeah. speak like Chinese, Arabic, French, Russian, yeah. uh, Spanish. They speak all the languages. They can communicate with everyone in the world. Yeah. Uh, and basically, like, it seems like they get they tr they can get along with a lot of people. Yeah. Knowing all these things about personality traits uh, and being able to basically read someone and what works for them. Yeah. Th does that? I know because you're my sister. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, How does that help you with being able to get along with so many people? Because I have never seen you yeah. uh, be like, oh, I can't get along with them or <laughs> like, it's crazy. Look, look what she said. You're always like, you have a certain type type of understanding for people cool. that yeah, I find really, uh, I admire that and it's really interesting. And oh, like, thank you. I appreciate so that. Also for that, right? Like Definitely. knowing about these different personality traits, mm -hmm. do you think that can help basically being able to communicate with others yeah, or interacting with others? For sure. For me personally, It, it builds like an appreciation for the, you know, there's a lot of talk about diversity and the beauty of diversity. That's what it did to me. Like I look around and I think, wow, it's so beautiful how we all differ. And it's so interesting to, to see these these patterns, for example. Um, I, I get an appreciation for, for um, the, yeah, human diversity and how people act and how they react to certain situations. For example, I am more someone who... Uh, who is very conscientious. So, for example, I, I, I really I think a lot before I do something. I'm quite cautious. And then I see someone who is more impulsive. They just go for it and, and they um, they don't think too much. Maybe things go wrong. But I think that's so beautiful. It's so different than, than how I am. So, um, But I know, oh, that's probably have high extroverted sensing, some other function that I'm very low uh, on <laughs> and they're super high on, on it. And, and then 
I, I see that and I think, wow, that, that's just amazing. And that's why I'm maybe when you say I'm, I'm very positive towards uh, other people or I get along because I, I, I just enjoy the, the diversity. I think, oh, this is awesome. You have this, uh, this trait. Very nice. And, and yeah. I think something that's also really interesting, these traits... Mm -hmm. Are they learned? Like, does, do, do your parents install that in your head when you're young? Mm -hmm. Are you born with them? How, how does that work? Yeah, that's very, a very interesting uh, question. Uh, so nature, nurture. Yeah. Um, I'm going to explain it by introducing uh, one more model of personality with some, some traits so that people have a, yet another reference point to just uh, show the, this introversion, extroversion thing. And then there's this very famous theory, the Big Five. It's the most scientific uh, theory about personality that's out there at the moment. And I'm going to draw something on the board again, some okay. traits, and then I'm going to say which ones are more uh, nature and nurture. Um, so they distinguish between five axes of personality and there is the acronym OCEAN to remember them. That also helps me okay. a lot. O stands for openness. So if you're high in openness, you, uh, you enjoy new ideas, uh, you have uh, like a lot of intellectual creativity, you can play around with concepts. Um, that's if you're high openness if you're low uh, you maybe prefer uh, ideas that fit the status quo you're more cautious um, then there is the c stands for conscientiousness i mentioned it when i was speaking about myself those are people who like to be organized um, they like to prepare for things someone who is lower on conscientiousness they uh, more easygoing maybe more careless they, 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 okay they can improvise well yeah yeah that's their that would be their talents yeah they're more at ease with uh, with improvising um, and and uh, yeah. like we we have a lot of athletes that watch the show. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we had a very interesting podcast with Jordan Kroon right before. Yeah. And we were talking about how one should be able to, uh, when they're in a fight, mm -hmm. uh, and for example, like a boxing ring. Yeah. And uh, their opponent suddenly changed the game plan that they are used to uh, to implementing. Yeah. You need to be really high in what, in what was it in, in conscientiousness uh, or low? Actually, a bit lower. Uh, Sorry, I mean lower. Yeah, you in order to be able to like quickly make the change to okay, uh, I need to change my way of thinking and I need to like apply this and everything that I planned out like yeah. throw it in the bin. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, and that also shows that there is no positive or negative here. If you're high in conscientiousness, you have your your uh, qualities, and if you're low in conscientious, uh, conscientiousness, you might be a great fighter, for example, and you will uh, use that in your advantage. So that's uh, that's right. Yeah. But 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 I'm sure there are also fighters that are very high in conscientiousness. Yeah. And Does that exist? Uh, guys who really prepare their yeah, techniques. I, I, yeah. I know that yeah. for, I have for certain. I mean. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I work yeah. with them as well. Interesting. And they also have like, uh, can they learn that? Like to, to to be able to like kind of switch that. I mean, they can never like beat to a level where they're like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I'll just go. Yeah. But to to get to get to come to a point where they're actually comfortable mm -hmm. uh, in those uncomfortable situations. It's to be honest, it's something I'm I'm practicing myself. I'm not a fighter, <laughs> but uh, as someone high in conscientiousness. I know that I am less at ease in situations where I maybe have to improvise uh, or something like being more careless. Um, and you can train yourself. You can experiment with that. That's also the fun of once you know these things, why you might get along with other people. Because it's fun to meet someone who is very similar to you. 
you get you understand each other. You meet someone who's very different from you. So, um, so in my case, someone who's very low in conscientiousness. I can learn something from from someone like that. So that you can you can definitely practice and train yourself, and then the situations become more predictable in which you have to improvise and your reaction to it too. And you can definitely try to then adjust yourself. Um, but first you have to know this about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, and hopefully th this podcast helps people by knowing this is out there and you can put this to use. Mm -hmm. But what I find really interesting is, yeah. uh, you talked about it in the beginning, your environment. Yeah. Uh, imagine that you are really high in conscientiousness. Yeah. And uh, let's say <laughs> you're, you're, you're an architecture student. Okay. And yeah, you yeah, study yeah. architecture yeah. and all your friends uh, are also architecture students and all, yeah. do, all they do is uh, just study really hard yeah. and they work and they have like these crazy like uh, day plannings where they read 40 pages a day mm -hmm. and they make summaries and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's all you're going to observe, right? Because that's your environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, but imagine... It sets the standard then. Yeah, it, it sets the standard, that. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but imagine you need to prepare for a fight. Mm -hmm. You also need to be... Like, your trainer will, will need to be a bit lower in conscientiousness in order to be able to prepare you for such situations, right? Yeah. Yeah, or at least they have to know, they have to see that about you. Like, okay, yeah. you might struggle with this. As your trainer, I'm going to prepare you uh, to uh, to be more at ease. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, and then we also discuss how, how it can be uh, used. used. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's for conscientiousness. Then we go on to the A in my OCEAN acronym. Yeah. A stands for uh, agreeableness. So if you're high in agreeableness, uh, tend to be more compassionate, also more trusting of others. I'm, I'm quite high in uh, agreeableness, easy to get along with people. And people who are lower in agreeableness, they might be more competitive. They might be more also detached from situations. If uh, everyone's sat in the room, yeah, they're still, <laughs> they're okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's if you're lower in, in agreeableness. C can we say that people in the military are uh, really low in agreeableness? Um, because they need, oh. to, they need to be able to detach from the situations every time. Like, yeah. for example, Jocko Willink, yeah. who was also former Navy SEAL, uh, trainer and uh, I think also just Navy SEAL himself. Yeah. Uh, he talks about always detaching from the situation, being able to look uh, from afar. Mm -hmm. Like, do, yeah. is, is I, that a general I statement that we can a, make? I could see a link there. Because like so, th those people need to be extremely competitive as well. Yeah. Because when they go through the training, it's called Hell Week to set the tone. Hell Week. Oh, where they basically I don't like they, they, they sit <laughs> yeah. in cold water for mm -hmm. like uh, like crazy amount of hours yeah. in the sea right like yeah. in the winter it's freezing mm -hmm. and you have people around you and you see just people standing up and leaving oh. like you need some kind of like crazy mental uh power to do that yeah well i would see definitely there's conscientiousness there as well because you need to uh really stick to a commitment that you've made and yeah. that's more for the people who are conscientious and agreeableness has a lot to do with social dynamics so definitely someone who's able to give orders for example they're i think are probably low on agreeableness because no matter what or strict teacher you know they are um they're whatever the other person in front of them is feeling this is what needs to be done right now and I'm not going to take that into account right now. But so I think the in military, I could see that too. But, but, yeah. but you're also a teacher. Yeah, and and, uh, I, I wasn't think, strict. <laughs> yeah, you wasn't strict. But no. uh, when, I, when I see the gifts 
that your students give you like yeah, you can talk about that very like sweet. like yeah. you get like little bottles of like uh like this baskets yeah, with little baskets uh, bottles with and sweets sweet and everything and, oh. i have never seen a teacher in my life get anything like that yeah and uh you might not then like be able to you're not good at giving orders no but you're super good at understanding what people need and uh basically like like cooperating in what they want thanks so i think good teachers uh i mean that's a very general statement but perhaps they should be high in agreeableness but they should should know how to like you know like they they should be able to like switch it on and off right that's That's very interesting yeah if you can that's if you have that level of self-awareness where you know i should give uh, use this trait in this situation and then turn it off um that's that's ideal. I would love to be able to do that too. Okay. To be with kids uh, when I was teaching to be a bit more strict. Um, and if that's too difficult, something I personally did, I just told the kids, um, I, I, I find it, I, I was also, when I started teaching at first, I didn't even follow my first lesson at university to learn how to teach. And I was already standing in front of my first class. I was honest with the students and I told them this. And I also said that uh, I... I am. I find it difficult to be strict. They, the kids knew, um, so I think that it's dishonesty. People do respect you for it, and then I used my other strengths in my advantage. So, um, I, yeah, I am. I was good at understanding them, uh, helping them, even psychologically. Also, pretty good at explaining, um, and those things helped me. And they made up for my lack of uh, not, uh, not being strict. As in, the, the students did appreciate me, um, even though, of course, that also had its uh, its pitfalls. But just making it predictable for for myself and for mm-hmm. the students, mm-hmm. that's already uh, that was pretty good. So that's yeah. Uh, and why, you could do yeah. that because you were aware of that. Yeah. Because you yeah. had inform yourself about that. I and wasn't did research. Too fighting too much with myself, like every day coming home. Oh, I I'm not so strict enough like i i know <laughs> yeah. and uh, and i i work on it like in a relaxed way but i give myself that space uh, yeah again we're talking about self-awareness now right yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. really yeah. interesting yeah yeah it's uh, these are very interesting topics uh so so that's agreeableness and then extroversion that was our uh, term coined by jung so we already know what it is someone high in extroversion draws their energy from in, uh, interactions with others and someone lower in extroversion, they uh, they may they may, might love sometimes shyness and introversion is confused. You don't necessarily need to be shy to be an introvert. You might have a great time with people, like for one hour, and then you need three hours to uh, to recover, to relax, to draw back your your energy. Um, also very useful to know about yourself. So people who are, especially when you're introverted, I feel like in society there's maybe an extroverted standard. So people are thinking, oh, you know, you have to be able to go to these gatherings or uh, group uh, meetings or parties uh, and you have to be able to be social and energetic. And if you feel that energetic resistance, maybe you're tired or something, um, if you know that about yourself, then you're also more at, at ease and uh, yeah. you give yourself what you need basically makes sense yeah um and then the last one is a neuroticism and neuroticism um has to do with your predisposition to psychological stress so some people people who are high in it uh they they're they might be stressed more easily um and people who are low in neuroticism uh, they uh, they might be less nervous or less sensitive. They, their response to a difficult situation might might be more uh, relaxed, basically. 
would it be too much for general statement to say that in order to mm-hmm. become successful, yeah, you need to have really high stretch resistance, uh, and then put that in. in uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, it's hard to pronounce the word. It was neuroticism. Yeah, neuroticism. So with with all of the, I think openness, conscientiousness, agreeableness, and uh, introversion, extroversion, I can think of good. Uh, they all have their pluses and minuses. With neuroticism, I find it hard. To think of the the good uses uh, if you're uh, high in neuroticism, if that's any good. So, I I personally I think I would agree with that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, b- being so nervous. Stress I, I, resistance. Yeah. Perhaps uh, it could help in uh, feeling for other people. Like uh, uh, yeah. uh, imagine someone yeah. someone is giving a presentation mm-hmm. and you see they're really nervous. Yeah. Uh, you could understand them better and you could yeah. help them with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but someone that's like. You know, whatever what they're doing like oh you're stressing <laughs> you're saying stressing? uh all the time yeah uh yeah yeah that recognizing work. it yeah that's a that's a good one yeah yeah, yeah that, that but, makes but, sense but that definitely doesn't uh way up to yeah it doesn't way up to <laughs> no. just being able to walk into the classroom do a presentation <laughs> without learning anything like yeah. that that's a good skill to have yeah 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 and yeah. now considering we determined that that is one of the uh traits that doesn't really really have a good side uh, I think it's really interesting. How can do you by any chance have any ways how someone could uh, develop their stress resistance? Um, so, um, and I, I'm also going to go into nature nurture yeah. in a bit, and I'm going to use this neuroticism trait as well for that. Um, oh, you know what? I can actually immediately say uh, neuroticism. Apparently, there is a part in the brain, a very small part, it's called the amygdala, and they say that if someone has a s- strong amygdala response, and that's biologically determined. Um, they're, they're higher in neuroticism. So that means that um, this is also really determined by someone's brain, how the brain is wired. And um, but uh, So it's important for someone to know, first to know about themselves, this is how I'm wired. It seems that I am uh, high in neuroticism and I might get uh, nervous and stressed when it's not yet necessary, for example. If you already have that, then you become more predictable to yourself. So you see, it's not the external reality that's dangerous. It's my amygdala <laughs> response. It's how I yeah. am wired, my response. If someone can get to that level already, they can know when they're getting really tense, they can t- tell themselves, oh, this is an illusion or this is me. This is just my response to it. Um, and in that way, they can train themselves and they can go into situations and know it's I don't have to really worry and and then over time uh, even if you still feel it you know this is just a feeling it's not the reality it goes for all these uh, things but this, this is uh, uh, how I think about neuroticism okay. for example interesting yeah and and then so this is uh, uh, biologically uh, determined for a big part because it has to do with uh, really a part of our brain um, and so you ask about nature and nurture. Um, so very interesting that openness, that first trait that I mentioned. Uh, so some, how, how inventive someone is, how much someone likes novelty. That's also for a big part um, genetically determined. It has to do with uh, our, our dopamine. There's a, a gene in, uh, that we have of, of dopamine. And if someone has a lot of that, they like novelty, new things. And so they might be higher in, uh, in openness. Um, so that's uh, again something that's uh, entrepreneurs have 
that right? Nature. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. They, they uh, need new uh, challenges in order to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah, like, like the, 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 the contrast the between predictability is yeah, not the contrast there. between sorry, uh, to clarify, the contrast no, between an entrepreneur and someone that likes working for a boss and having stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like as an entrepreneur, you're taking on more risk. Yeah, but the reward might be higher. But as someone that's working nine to five, mm-hmm. which is completely, uh, which is great for many people and works really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a certain stability and yeah. they know that they will be able to feed their family at all times, which mm-hmm. an entrepreneur doesn't yeah. uh, have all the time. Yeah, yeah. There's more. So this, I would also think maybe neuroticism also plays yeah. a role here. You have to be able to deal with that risk. Yeah. Um, and then some level of openness too, because you get a lot of novelties. I, I like it that uh, we get a lot of new assignments. So new new client, new assignment. That's a lot of fun, yeah. this novelty that you might have less but in a nine to five. But then maybe some people's nine to five job offer that within that context. And they might then also uh, have it and receive it in a different way. But, th- but that statement, yeah, that uh, entrepreneurs are high in openness. I could, I could see that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the extroversion uh, is is also something that uh, that we seem to inherit from our parents, the extent to which we uh, we are or not. Um, and then other the traits that are not uh, with which that's not the case are uh, agreeableness and conscientiousness. So that means that that's more determined by our environment. So if we're uh, it's the habits we form when we raise kids, for example, or how we are raised. Um, that plays a bigger role than someone's biology uh, with uh, yeah agreeableness and conscientiousness. Sure. So the answer to is it nature or nurture depends on the trait and depends also then on your self-awareness, uh, what you do with what you have. Could you elaborate a little bit more on the traits that people uh, that, that are caused by the environment? Because if they are, they should also be able to change, right? By changing your environment. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah. Could you talk about how we could change those for the better? I mean, like, there's a skill, right? Okay. And, uh, but in, in the... Uh, like, with regards to the success show, we look, yeah. look at, like, just uh, trying to attain one's full potential. Yeah. Uh, what things could one change Yeah. in order to put themselves in a position where they can attain at the highest level uh yeah for themselves so i'm quickly drawing the the pyramid again okay um and then the the layers um what what you're doing now is mm -hmm. uh like how would you call this like we we talked a lot of like personality traits now you're like (laughs) making something really clear for yourself right (laughs) i'm an introverted thinker i like to (laughs) to create models and and logic uh, for myself to make sense of things yeah what what, what traits went into making this decision um i want to to make it as accurate as possible for the people and uh to to show yeah the certain level of uh, of accuracy that's in general i mean i have notes here i can be honest <laughs> about yeah, yeah. it i want to give accurate answers as much as i can um because it's something i uh, I, I value and and here as well um it this i guess the, the drawings help me with my accuracy because i have the, the letters the terms yeah, yeah yeah um no, I'm, I'm asking and conscientiousness bit, I'm, too, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that, that's what I was pointing yeah. to because, yeah. like, uh, when studying architecture, mm-hmm. like every time I ask a teacher for explanation, yeah, they like rip like rip a paper <laughs> off and they start drawing. I like I asked you for a question; it was a yes or no question, 
<laughs> and you start drawing. I, I yeah. like I don't understand that myself. Oh yeah. But like they think they've explained something really clearly. Oh yeah. Didn't for me. They're speaking a different language, perhaps. <laughs> Funny. Uh, oh, that's but I, great. I thought that was. I always think that's interesting. And like you explaining me this mm -hmm. now. Okay, they're speaking like a kind of different language, yeah, and I have yeah, to yeah. be able to to understand that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So one more thing about this is also that when I speak. Like, if I were just to go on my... I've given some workshops when I was in university about these theories. My tendency was to completely explain the model, go into every detail of... There was introverted feeling, extroverted feeling, introverted sensing. I would just draw the whole model because for me, that's interesting. And now I try to, when I speak... I know I have different audiences, the different ways of taking information. So I try to and give a bit of the model and answer your questions, of course, about how can we use this and give a lot of concrete examples of daily life. That doesn't necessarily come natural to me. But now that I later in life, I learned you have to give concrete examples of daily life and not just explain models and draw yeah, models yeah. and lines and things. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the different languages I try to apply when I explain something also while teaching, for yeah. example. I, I think also personally yeah. for me, yeah, uh, I have to get really good at this because I'm going to have a lot of different guests. I'm planning on doing this podcast for a long time. Oh, nice. And yeah. I noticed it like just today, like we're, we have, we're, we're doing three different podcasts. Yeah. Like it's a lot. Of, yeah. You are introverted thinker. Mm -hmm. Right before you, we had a extroverted thinker. Yeah. He yeah. just came here, prepared nothing, sat down nailed it no like <laughs> uh, cut the camera for a second like everything went perfectly fine no yeah. pressure uh yeah and then we also have people that like want to make a lot of cuts and they're like okay i need to yeah. quickly read something and my neuroticism is <laughs> yeah exactly but that's really interesting right yeah that, and, it and, is and, and there's no good or bad that i think that that's what we're also trying to communicate Definitely. here yeah uh yeah yeah yeah, interesting. yeah yeah yeah, so great. Uh, and we got a little bit uh, sidetracked. So your question, and uh, but for uh, with great, uh, yeah, a great uh, tangent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so what was your question again? With um, I, I think I, I asked. Oh yeah, you in, asked in, uh, yeah. with regards to success. Yeah. What could one do to, like, m make the chances of attaining that bigger with regards to your theories? Yeah. So so, uh, if we remember in our pyramid, identity was here. And environment was down. Identity was up the pyramid. And you're asking, how can you change your identity or maybe make certain changes in your identity? I, th I think I think it will be even so, easier. Let's yeah. say I have not a lot of motivation. I don't have much discipline. Okay. Uh, but I want to become uh, the best architect in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, where do I have to tweak in order to, you know, get better at it? Okay, so... Um, Someone who is maybe not studying uh, regularly and conscientiously is, low, is a bit lower. They need to up their conscientiousness. And the good news was that conscientiousness is, uh, is not mostly biological, but it's mostly environmental. Um, and so uh, examples uh, in which you could you could improve that would definitely be at the level of environments um, surround yourself with people who are uh, who have those good habits and then um, that will set a different standard than when when you're just by yourself you have only yourself as a reference point by yourself so then, or with the wrong people right or by the wrong people oh that's even worse maybe if you're with people um who are also maybe not not studying and you really you need to uh it makes it okay you think oh well it's not if 
if they're doing it and they're still sort of okay, then I am too. Just like what we said in the book, right? Like if there are cookies yeah. on the counter, yeah, the chance you're going to grab a cookie is much bigger than if there's no cookies. Yeah. If, and same thing with studying. If everyone's studying, then the chance that you're going to study is higher than yeah. if everyone's just on their phone scrolling on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's true. So I would definitely say surrounding yourself with uh, with the right people. Yeah. Um, and how, how do you define right people? Is, is that depends people on that, your goal. Yeah, but I have to surround myself with people maybe who are a bit less high in conscientiousness. Uh, depends on what you want to develop. And, and, and then, like for, uh, for the architecture example, I want to become oh, yeah. a good architect. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would I have to surround myself with other good architects, um, or just people that not say have to be architect, but people that are high discipline or high like? Yeah, that's that. Also, I would say if I if I would be in in your situation, um, I would. Uh, well, use is not the nice word, but like use my surroundings with the really good architects to ask them questions about uh, ar- architecture specifically, and then um, more for my for my daily life, I would maybe if I can surround myself with people who are very disciplined and um, uh, have other uh, yeah good good qualities. Um, but shouldn't all people do that? I've had I've had this yeah. conversation before where someone told me. Uh, I don't believe that success is the ultimate goal. And I questioned that. I was like, no, I think we're on this earth to like make a change and do something for the better. And in order to do that, yeah. you need discipline. You need a hell of a lot of discipline, actually, in order to actually become successful and to better the world. And and they were saying, no, it's not important. Uh, I mean, like, the, 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 it's not important. Like, it's not really a question because Interesting. you're not sitting here for, for that. But, oh no! It's uh, a philosophical question. Yeah. I, I find it very interesting too. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. Like, what, what do you think about that? So, what I would, I find it hard to answer this question without first um, defining success. Okay. Yeah. And I have, I had already thought about the definition of it. I so, mean, l- l- let's yeah? do it now. I always, li- I, 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 I like to ask the, oh, yeah. what the success, uh, how do you, how do you define success at the end? But this is a great moment to do it. So yeah, that, okay. that, that's, let's uh, uh, okay. advance a little bit. Yeah, sure. Then, so uh, that pyramid that we drew at the beginning of yeah. the, um, I'm going to put in the, the letters again. Um, so it was mission, identity beliefs and we had here behavior i'm just going to uh check one more thing to be sure i'm right um take your time thanks yeah we had our beliefs and yeah, skills here um so maybe that person that was sitting with you they saw your definition of success as something that they don't ag- agree with. Uh, so maybe they were thinking, oh, yeah, he, he thinks that everyone should become uh, super, super rich and super hardworking and, and grinding. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, I, I, and I think it's really important. Maybe that person thought, I want to have, like, be self-sustaining and live on an island. And so. uh, no, may, no. I don't know. I need to clarify that. My, yeah? my, my, uh, I don't want to say my, def- my, de- my definition of success should come at the 100th episode when everyone oh, has said it. That's, but, yeah. but like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like to Quick, to quick summarize it is yeah. just becoming the best version of yourself oh, okay yeah and yeah. Th- like it's a very broad and political correct answer depends on who you but, are too yeah. but like working out is in there definitely uh, yeah. uh, reading is in there definitely <laughs> non-negotiables in there non-negotiables eating clean is in there like yeah 
you, you you can't tell me that you're eating McDonald's and like mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't work. Ah, uh, yeah. And people are going to be like, no, but you should enjoy life. Yeah, the role yes, of pleasure to uh, a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But if what you're saying that you want to be like a good architect, but mm-hmm. you're not doing the things that you should be doing, then like what you're saying is not in line with your goals. Yeah. So then I will question. Interesting. Question Very interesting. Yeah. I think our definitions uh, align becoming the best version of yourself. So um, I would say when all these things on the pyramid are aligned, so you have an optimal environment for who you are, what your identity, what your mission is, and then your behaviors and your beliefs are also in that line and you've acquired skills that and are... So something about b- beliefs, yeah. and we're going on all sorts of like different tangents, but I think yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. And it's like a little... I feel like this is like a tree and then you can make like your own branches. Yeah, it's, it's so broad. Like yeah. beliefs, does religion also fall into beliefs? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely... Or is identity... Oh, bo- both. Uh, these things are not... Uh, uh, yeah, they don't not suit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think religion can can def- definitely plays into someone's identity because they view themselves as the uh, a part of a whole more than maybe someone who is, uh, who is non-religious. Um, so that's identity and then beliefs. All, all, a lot of beliefs come with yeah. the religion. Yeah, so clear. yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's the spiritual uh, uh, aspect of this that's also in here definitely probably also with habits uh, also has something to do with yeah. it environment too so ooh, yeah everything ooh, we're touching a yeah. lot of things here yeah nice. yeah um yeah so so i would say if if, if someone man- uh, manages to align all of these things that's to me that's the definition of successful and ideally i would start here when kids are young for example or especially when they reach uh, adolescence because that's when they maybe they what get more self-conscious uh, around 11 that's when it starts up to 18 Until puberty, also or? With puberty. Okay. yeah um, people start to think more about who am i maybe they start feeling a bit uncomfortable in their own skin but, but it's because they're developing um so in, in that time i think it's it's also something i did with my students when i was teaching french i was teaching psychology personality psychology in french and i saw how much the students liked it and i thought that it's probably also something to do with their uh where they are right now in their lives they were like 15 16 it was great um so if, if people can at some point and when they're young ideally get a good grasp of uh who they are, what their qualities are, their blind spots. Could you go deep? Because you said align. Mm-hmm. Could you go deeper in like what can they do? Like yeah. how does that look to, um, to grasp that? If at this level. Yeah, and, uh, like all, for all the levels, like like well, uh, uh, how does one like really align them? Sure. So um, there are different ways to go about it. I see the grind way that I see a lot that's popular right now. People are at the level of environment. You know, I came from, I was maybe poor and everything sucked around me. And then I started to change my behavior. I acquired some skills that changed my beliefs. They are grinding their way up the pyramid. And that's very inspiring often. Um, and, and what I am trying, what I was saying is, what if we start here? first and then because then well, wait, 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 for people listening what does hair mean oh sorry yeah so the, i was just pointing the pyramid people going up the pyramid and then after their their fights against maybe their environment and actually grinding becoming a great they find themselves at the end and this and then i became who i am now um so that's going from down the pyramid to up the pyramid and i was i was saying if people start here so that's the top of the 
pyramid. If if we teach maybe adolescents... What's at the top? Mission. Uh, mission and identity. identity. Yeah. yeah. I, I see really those two as intertwined. So teaching adolescents about... The, this, just these theories I just mentioned uh, about personality, for example. So someone has some idea of what their natural uh, strengths or qualities are and what their weaknesses are. That's already given by the time maybe they're 25 or something. And these things can change, of course, but at least they're busy thinking about these things and they know it about themselves and their environment, maybe their friends or family. Uh, so they know kind of where they stand, what they can do, what what situations they might want to avoid or just. Um, and then based on that, um, their beliefs about them, themselves, it can help their self-esteem as well because... Um, they know, okay, I'm okay with who I am. I know myself. It's aligned. Um, then they might, that's kind of what I did when I knew I was very high in agreeableness, started studying psychology. Cause I, it's, it comes easy for me to speak with, with people, um, helping others. So I'm going to interrupt you again because sure. I, I thought of something crazy. Okay. Study choices. Yeah. When, uh, imagine now someone is watching this, they're in, yeah. uh, they're about to choose like the university, uh, they're about to choose their university, their study, yeah. basically the rest of their, uh, rest of their, uh, rest of their life. What should they be looking at in this mm -hmm. environment? Yeah. So, so I would, I would start with uh, trying to see what are my natural, what is given to me by my genes, my environment, what has come, uh, who am I right now? What am I, what are my natural, uh, uh, qualities and things I maybe I should steer away from for now um, and then based on that what should I uh, what skills can I acquire that that will kind of flaunt my qualities that I already have and honestly with psychology and agreeableness it's a very easy example but okay. it's, it's the case with me when you're high in agreeableness be, you go to psychology it's amazing <laughs> it's just be, be, because you it's yeah. interesting right with, with, with how, how it went for you when you like can you tell something yeah, about that when yeah. you started with your first study but it ended up not being what you expected it's true yeah so at first and this is also really also before I got into all of these uh, theories I started studying law because I thought okay that's that uh, offers good prospects for the future it's quite what I knew about it seemed quite interesting um, and I, I was doing it for just a few months I was also getting really low grades but that's that's not uh, that thing to do with uh, personality traits but I, I, well actually learning dry factual knowledge was was quite difficult uh, for me um, and then uh, I decided to stop because I could feel this is not really f for me and that the, the environment of um, uh, the, the law um, like I think it's a hard a more hard environment than what I am into uh, right now and looking back I, I made the right choice uh, because I don't think that 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 my I, mean, I might have still been good uh, especially with my conscientiousness for example but I would not like my agreeableness is a really big part of me and if I can't really manifest that or show yeah work with that a big part of me would have been not uh, used in my job and that would have been I think it would have been a pity because it's it's I, and now that I work with kids for example it's so yeah I, I noticed that uh, it's uh, it's it's really it feels so natural and I'm happy with that yeah um, nice yeah thanks so uh, so yeah you you can then align your skills your study choice to what you've discovered about your about yourself if we were taught this in school it would be really great yeah <laughs> teachers looking at this <laughs> implement um, 
and then your behavior, of course, as well. But it, it's more easy because if you've already done these, then adjusting your behavior to your identity, it's not that hard. And your environment, uh, you will have created the environment that suits you for who you are, for example, now. Yeah, it will go by itself, right? Yeah, so I, I, it's kind of funny when I was looking into this pyramid, like it's, it's an easy ride down, but it is maybe hard at first to uh, yeah. figure out who you are, start there. So definitely alignment of these things. And I would say then it comes down to also alignment in what you, what you do in life, what you think, what you feel and what you say. If, if you're able to, in, in the most possible situations, if you're able to harmonize that, to align those things, to me, that's when someone has uh, reached success. Yeah. Nice, nice. And everyone can work on this, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because we're all, uh, you, everyone can, can examine themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you, you mentioned the website in the beginning. Could you mention it again? So people that want to know uh like in what person like what personality fits them and basically like what things they should be able to they should work on uh how, how can they do that in a practical way yeah so um if we're just speaking about these t uh, theories they could look into uh if they want to learn more about this Jungian theory uh there is a website called cognitiveprocesses.com um i like it because i find it the most accurate way in which jung's theory has been uh displayed I have to warn people, it is, uh, I think someone with high introverted thinking made it. It's very like, it's really a model and definitions. But if you want to really understand it, um, that's the place to, to go. If you want to really make a study of it and take your time to understand it, that's a, that's a good website. Okay. Um, people can look into, of course, the big five. Uh, oh, no, it's not this. <laughs> that was OCEAN acronym. The yeah. big five theory. Uh and that's just you can look it up on uh, on Google. The information will be uh, pr pretty similar that you will get about that. Um, there are other theories that are interesting as well. There's the Enneagram that people can look into. Do you know Ignikai? Yeah, Ikigai, right? Ikigai, it's Japanese. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that has to do with um, doing what you love, what's useful for the world, and what what pays you as well, what sustains you. And there was one you. more, I think. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That's this alignment thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there were like circles, and then a circle inside, and then basically you should do a little bit of everything. Yeah. That was really interesting. We'll put it on the screen right now. You can see it for yourself. Uh, yeah. These theories are amazing. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, and and I think that um, it's you can of course you, if you like if that's your preference you can study them go in in depth into the theories but you can also just take a theory like that sit with a friend and uh, ask each other like oh how does this come about in your life and and how and with me yeah. so if people make that uh, if that's normal <laughs> normalized or something um, that that also improves self awareness I think there there there's also another one that's interesting is dark triad theory and those are about negative traits dark triad yeah dark triad triad okay people can look it up um that's about dark traits that people might uh, okay. might have uh, i think it's mostly the people on the dark triad are it's, it's not a good <laughs> a good sign it can have to do with a, like a personality disorder but uh, even that's interesting to discuss like oh how much do i score uh, on uh, maybe uh, the, but, but these, the, the is it always career? bad because for example uh, tim grover yeah. the trainer of michael jordan mm -hmm. uh, always talks about the dark side 
and yeah. he's and he believes that in order to become like one of the best athletes like that yeah you need to have a very strong dark side because you'll yeah. like in order to like rise above everyone mm -hmm. like you need a certain he and he, he doesn't he doesn't call it ego but a certain self-belief yeah where you're like above everyone and you're like you're willing to put like work in that no one is willing to do basically you think of yourself as i need to become the best uh-huh and Like he called it the dark side, and not simply this. Yeah, interesting. But, like these dark traits, like they can they be used for good things? You think? Um, I think they can be. Depends. We'd have to define the the dark traits. Uh, so it depends on the on the trait. But for example, putting yourself uh, uh, above other people, saying no, you know, uh, I'm me, different. Me first. I'm different, or something. I'm going to do what it takes for me. Um, depends on what you want to to achieve. Yeah. So maybe you you might achieve professional success. Um, uh, but if it goes at the cost of relationships, that's a, a call someone has to make for themselves, yeah, depending but, on what they and, want. And uh, that is something that we see a lot with athletes, yeah. just to get into like, just some practical things, mm -hmm. uh, like high-performing athletes. Yeah. They are constantly working on their career yeah. because they want to become the best and they're like, super competitive. Yeah. And then they kind of like, the priorities are, uh, they, don't, they don't match like the... Uh, expectations maybe of uh, exactly. the environment yeah. and like girlfriends or wives or like you're yeah. not spending enough time with me or yeah. you're not uh, fulfilling my, my wants in this yeah 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 but I I think then they're also like they're speaking a different language like we talked because yeah. they like they don't see that as as, as that way Uh, you see what I mean? Like, yeah, like I see exactly what you like mean. For, for, yeah, for them, for sure. Seeing the girl, and also they're not athletes, the wives, for example, yeah. maybe, or maybe they are, uh, but they're probably I mean, they have a, another no. goal in life, uh, exactly. family life, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it can still work, right, between people that are very different, like that. If they if they understand these things first about each other, and if they then are willing to accept it, and they know that deep down the person loves them, but they have different priority in life. Um, Yeah, I think so. Nice, Definitely. Yeah, nice. yeah, I, for sure. Like, I, I want to give as much practical advice in this show. So, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. guys, also for if you're in a relationship, yeah. what would be a very good activity that your girl might really like for yeah, the boys out here? Yeah, girls love it. <laughs> just sit down with her, get a coffee, <laughs> and just print out all these personality <laughs> forms and just start doing it with her. She'll love you. And if you want to make some extra points, you also do some uh, astrology with her. Oh, uh, you're golden. <laughs> That'll work for sure. <laughs> So, yeah. right? Like, it's really interesting, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It's a lot of fun, for yeah. sure. No, no, but, like, I was bringing it in, uh, in, like, a joke form because I think it's funny, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I actually think that it could also benefit in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, j j just knowing that... Uh, you have different beliefs, but you still love each other, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some people are like, no, we don't match. Uh, like, like we are not compatible for each other. Mm-hmm. But like you'll you'll never find someone that's completely compatible, right? Like you ha like you have to work towards that together, and this is I think one of the good tools that you can use for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it's very useful. And then what you said, you'll never, you never. Have, I think, yeah, it, there are certain personality traits that are more attuned to one another. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So th yeah, that's logical uh, actually. So that that's so if someone is not yet in a relationship and they're dating, it can be useful to study these things and know. Okay. No matter what, I want someone who is also conscientious. Whatever. If we later, if we live together, uh, and uh, we we know we have the same standards for the house. It's a very something very I find very basic, but maybe that plays uh, that plays into the relationship or agreeableness. Um, 
if you if you know who you are and, and what you want, then uh, that that can that can help you, I think, with uh, looking for a good partner for you. Um, but then you might also get surprised. Uh, so I think the the key thing, the ideal thing, is finding someone who's self aware, who's curious about you too. Ooh. And then you're She's no matter how someone is, yeah, it's yeah. I would say that's uh, yeah, yeah. Then you can make that the journey together and and learn from each other. No matter if you're similar or different, it will be interesting and fun. Uh, nice, yeah. And and then to to quickly end off the subject, and then I want to talk about children. Yeah, sure. Uh, are there some success traits? Perhaps, oh. or would that be too? Uh, what would you be? Would you be then like contradicting what you've learned that everything is good and that everything can be applied in a different way? Because I believe that certainly. Yeah. But I also think uh, some things are just more useful to have. Yeah. Like for example, the neuroticism that you talked about. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it's because I it doesn't exist and I haven't learned it, or if maybe I haven't come across it yet, haven't read it. I I'm not sure if I know about specific traits that. Um, that lead to success and again depends yeah what you said depends on your definition of success i think i've once heard that people who are both high in openness so we have that intellectual curiosity who like novelty uh, or conceptual and who are very conscientious it's a rare combination oftentimes people could, could, could you remind people of the con yeah. conscientiousness definition sure um so conscientiousness was um being very organized uh when you um, being very dependable to coming on time, you know, all those things or more with organization. Oftentimes people who are very high in openness, um, they might score low on, uh, on conscientiousness because they're all over the place. Oh, I want something new and new concepts, uh, artists uh, too, for example. Um, and, um, but if someone has both of those things, so I, if I remember correctly, I heard that that's a unique combination because then you're, and both um, you can learn like a lot of new things. You're very open, very curious, but at the same time, you're still grounded. You still have your, your things together. Like your daily life is, is still organized. You have a good routine. You're able to have that balance basically. Um, that's a golden combination. I would, I would say that comes close to what you're, what you're asking. Nice. Uh, Pretty nice. I mean, that was what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so th these are two things that people can work on, right? Yeah. Um, openness and conscientiousness. Oh, yeah. Th we said that openness, um, but I think you can work on everything. And once you're aware, you can, you can what, st go study someone who's high in openness, see what they, what they do, how they react. And, um, but if, if someone is just not curious about uh, new concepts, that's, that can be that maybe that's, they wouldn't even want to improve that. Maybe they're, yeah. they're like, no, nah, I'm not interested uh, at all. Um, and, and conscientiousness, we said that's very much determined by your environment. So yes, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely something someone can. Great. So can people change. study yeah. some, like if, if you want to, uh, better your, your, uh, your rate of becoming successful, I'm just going to try to give someone something like as you're, practical you're as possible. Practical, yeah. Try to study people that you feel like are very open, uh, charming, right? Like that can uh, yeah, talk with other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, am, am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. Who are high in openness? So yeah, yeah very curious, uh, very open to open to new ideas. Yeah. We don't shut off new ideas. Oh, this is weird. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and then also yeah. just your environment. I think that's the easiest one. Uh, surround yourself with the right people. People that have toxic influence on you, toxic boyfriends, toxic girlfriends. Uh, even like toxic parents like they're, they're you need to deal with 
that in certain ways, I think. Yeah. I'm not saying cut them off, but maybe talk with them. Uh, like there are ways to do this, right? I, yeah, this is, a, this is a big topic by itself. If people feel like they have someone in their lives that, that's so-called a toxic, so toxic can be someone who's very draining, takes your energy, is just you feel they might not have the best intentions with you, or maybe they do, but they act in a way that's really getting in, in your way. There is a psychologist, she's called Dr. Ramani, Ramani, yeah, uh, on YouTube. And I find her so interesting. She talks about setting boundaries. She speaks about personality disorders, like narcissism, all the tra just traits, uh, yeah, issues that, that people have and how to deal with someone in your life maybe that is like that. Dr. Romani, I really recommend her. She's very interesting. How'd Great psychologist. Uh, how, how do you write that? R-A-M-A-N-I. Romani. Now yeah. we have some more practical information we can yeah. uh, we can also use. Oh, uh, yeah. Very great. Uh, like her, yeah. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you, even my, myself. I will my look pleasure. into it. Very interesting. My pleasure. Uh, and then I would continue. I would like to continue with children. Yeah. So now, if there are any parents watching this, for example, yeah. or just someone that wants to get children in any point in their life at all, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, yeah, how? How, how does that work with, with these theories? Because they're quite complex, right? Like yeah. you really need, if someone is like, right, like right, now, right now listening to this in the car mm -hmm. and they're driving, like I hope you like you need to be really concentrated to follow <laughs> these things. It's less easy than someone just uh, talking about motivation and how you should like take mm -hmm. cold showers. Yeah. So yeah. How, how, yeah. how can this be made applicable for younger people? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So with kids, I... Of course, I don't yet go into these these complex models. And that's also because kids, younger kids, so let's say under 11, they don't yet have developed that level of abstract uh, thought. Um, that's not yet part of their reality. So that's not yet necessary to um, to do with kids. With adolescents, you can. And uh, and it's uh, you will see it's, that it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really nice. Um, so I can give examples of, of two practices that I do with kids just uh, at work. And for people maybe who are now thinking, oh, I'm going to turn off the, the podcast because I don't have kids or it's not, that's not yet uh, important to me. Um, especially the, the second one is also very useful with for adults. You can definitely also use it for adults, not just for, for kids. Um, but then very briefly, um, so because... The first practice, because with kids, I cannot yet go into these complex models of, of personality and how are you different than others. We, uh, at the practice where I work, we use something called the talent cards. And that's every time that I have a new uh, client and a new child that I'm working with, we always start the the session, the first session, with discussing what are you what are you who are you and what are you good at and we make a mind map of that's the name of the child in the middle and then all their traits and also things they like written all around it this can also be done with your little brother sister little nephew yeah it right? can. yeah okay. oh, and you really see kids glow also after it's like have that conversation yeah it's maybe a, a, awesome. a fa young family member awesome. and then afterwards they get out of the room for example where we had the session they're like oh yeah i they did boost their self-confidence so yeah, it's awesome. really lovely uh, to see and and then of course um so like you need like uh, some reference points of um the, the different talents or traits someone can have we really focus on the on the talents to boost the self-esteem of the children um 
And so I use these uh, these cards, and uh, not sponsored by these cards or something, but they're very useful. It's called in the talent your, your, fingers, your fingers are in front of the what's written. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, talent, talent cards. It's okay. called, um, and it's a bunch of cards, a lot of them, and spread them across the room. Different talents that someone might have, and then a kid might think someone something that in the first instance didn't really didn't seem as a talent uh, is actually oh it's uh, this can be one of my strengths. Some kids don't like to sit still in the classroom. They have issues with that. And they're like, um, uh, maybe I'm just not very good in school because I always feel like moving. And then we say, oh, yeah, but that might be your talent. You're a bewuste beweger, like a conscious mover. <laughs> yeah. The translation is a bit strange, but it's someone who is very good uh, physically, maybe with sports. They're, uh, they're great. So you make them aware of that. Say, hey, that's, you know, that's talent. That's your, that's your thing. Um an introverted child, you know, that, that exists, extroverted kids, introverted kids, um, maybe they are used to hearing, you yeah, know, speak up, you know, say, say what you think, speak your mind, uh, which is also, if it's said nicely to a kid, um, it's, it's a good habit, but um, they can learn like, oh, you're the silent, you're the silent helper. Your talent is to uh, let others, others shine and, uh, and yeah, that's what you're, uh, that's what you're good at. I want to make a like quick like uh, interruption. Yeah, do like Karim Benzema, yeah, who has been playing like amazingly. Everyone that knows football and mm -hmm. has watched the, the matches, he played in a team where there were stars around him forever. Yeah, he was playing with Ronaldo. Uh, he was playing with all types of like crazy players that were taking all the shine. Yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. the attacker. And he never got what he deserved uh, when it comes to like recognition. Oh, Is that that's really? how I feel? F how I feel about it? Yeah. Uh, but he was always he was just like he was staying himself. He wasn't like going out of the way, talking with media and being like, "No, you should look at me." He yeah. was being the silent helper in Dutch, still a helper. Yeah. And he was just assisting them, and he made those other players rise to the top. Cool. And and then it was beautiful to see. Is that now he came to, like now all the lights are on him? Oh yeah. He, he he had missed two penalties before, and now he scored like a panenka, which is like the most beautiful penalty you can score cool. in an important competition. It also like the most complicated one because uh, basically you're you're like shooting the ball with with a chip, okay, and it goes really slowly. So you're taking a huge risk. Cool. When it works, ah. oh, you're gonna get famous. Like it, it, it's it's just it looks really clean. Very nice. And uh, like maybe back then he he, he didn't have all the, like confidence or he did yeah uh but he, he like he he just accepted that that was his strength yeah. at, at that moment yeah yeah and he really like bet on it and it worked because he helped all those other players get to like the higher levels and he was giving them good passes and when he had to finish he was finishing mm -hmm. but he wasn't in the spotlight but he knew how to, how to deal with that Beautiful. and uh that was his strength and he bet on it so nice. like i think that's a good example of how Definitely. being a silent helper can be good. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. Yeah. And it's nice that he that he had the confidence to to stick with uh, with that, and that he wasn't trying to change himself exactly. into something else, and then he would not have been as good as that other thing that was new to him. Then his natural tendency of uh, of helping, yeah. of being more in the background. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So we try to like i try to help kids like young uh ben benzema's right yeah, uh, yeah. Young <laughs> to Kareem's. be confident to be okay with who he is so that later he can make these really cool uh, football moves beautiful <laughs> yeah uh so th these are the the talent cards and then practice number two um for that 
uh, we use something called the red and green uh, pizza. Yeah. Um, for for the people that are watching now on the, table. Uh, on the table, if you can switch to the YouTube video, that would be amazing. It would help you understand it. Mm -hmm. uh, we basically have like a pizza on the table and you can explain what, what, we, what we're seeing and what we're going to see. Yeah. Um, so it's a, uh, it's a red and um, green pizza. Okay. Um, and uh, the... Uh, red represents uh, the negative sides of a situation and yeah. the green uh, positive sides. Okay. And then with when I work with kids, um, I use this pizza to have the conversation about some, some issue that uh, someone might have. The goal, I'm not yet going to give concrete examples <laughs> of how this is used. The goal of this exercise is to teach uh, children how to deal with, uh, with problems in, that occur in life, difficulties. And the goal of that, that they learn how to deal with difficulties, is that they don't identify, so on a uh, identity level on the pyramid, they don't identify with the difficulties that they encounter. So they don't say, I'm someone who sucks in school, that's who I am. Yeah, um, they detach. Yeah, they detach. This is the situation. It's not me, it's the situation. What can I do to make it one pizza point more green? What can I change? Um, if you can teach a kid that you make for healthy, resilient adults, like psychologically as well, because we also still know adults who ident still identify if they encounter a difficulty, they say maybe I'm, oh, I'm a failure or I, it's me, I, I suck. They take it personally, whereas ideally the healthy thing, and maybe we still, we can all uh, yeah. do this sometimes, you know, it's okay. But the, the healthiest thing to do is to think, oh, this is a situation, what can I do to make it one step uh, better. That's what this pizza is for. And uh, what what I want the, the people at, at home to do, like as a little uh, experiment, is because this is also what happens when we work with this uh, pizza with kids. Imagine someone comes up to you and they they have like a problem. For example, they say, "Oh, I I hate school or I hate my job." How would you react to that? What would you what would you say? It's kind of difficult sometimes. Like, what do you say to someone who who has that type of issue? Um, because that's also my work. Like, how do you give a constructive? How yeah. do you have a constructive conversation? Do you know what you what would you say? Someone is complaining. I just I hate what I'm doing right now. I just. Uh, I mean, you? I've I've uh, listened to a lot of Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. And they sometimes talk about re-engineering the process. Cool. So they just look at okay, this is the problem. Yeah. And then they're gonna break it into small bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they look at okay, how can we fix the problem? Little piece by little piece. Oh, beautiful. And they don't look at the problem as a whole and like it's a problem. Yeah. They look at, for example, school. Let's take like a concrete example. Mm -hmm. I am not good at maths. Yeah. Uh, I passed all, I, 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 I passed all my subjects because I was applying this, but I'm not naturally uh, good at maths. Mm. It's just not there. And that meant that I had to find a way to uh, get good at it because I wanted to study architecture. So I needed like a seven and a half to, to, to pass. Mm. Uh, and then I just started surrounding myself, my environment with people that were good at maths. Nice. And I was following uh, programs that would get me better at certain uh, like calculus, for example, or cool. certain subjects that yeah. were important for me to get better at it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, everything that was difficult for me, I was, like, fixing it piece by piece. I wasn't just being, okay, nice. I'm not good at math, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Just looking, okay, uh, equations where there there are words inside, those yeah. go well. When, when there's, like, a little story. Yeah. But when it's just X's and Y's, yeah. then I start, like... Uh, 
it's having some more difficulties. So then I started focusing on those ones. Cool. And then bit by bit, and then I ended up passing the exam because I, uh, yeah, because I, I worked on all of the small different components. Nice. And later on, I put that together. Beautiful. So you broke it down. And then you yeah. started working with those pieces. Yeah, that's also what the pizza is for, breaking the issue down. Nice. And definitely useful, a useful model to introduce someone to if they come with a problem. And then do you in the conversation, do you, do you immediately say like, oh, okay, let me introduce you to this model. Uh, like, that's also what I wanted to, uh, to show to people. Because it's not, if, if, if you have kids and you want to use this, it's, uh, it's great. It's very useful. But you can also use it on adults or on yourself. How do you... Yeah, and on a, at a conversational level, where do you start? Do you immediately say, like, check ma check this model? Uh, or how does that go? I think personally, I'm not sure if this is the right way, but yeah. ideally I would ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Try to gather as much information as possible. Yeah. And then ask them what they would do. Oh, yeah, nice. It comes and from themselves. Yeah, yeah, it comes from themselves. Because if I say it, like, it's, it's not as valuable as when they come up with it. Yeah. For sure, so, I that's think, a good tip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to help someone in your environment, um, it's great that you have good advice for them. And you can give it, but give it as last resort. Try to ask as many questions as possible so that they come up with solutions themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, for example, how uh, we would put this into practice with uh, with the pizza. I'm just going to... Put the microphone uh, up a little bit. Yes, we didn't have to interrupt. <laughs> the <buttons>. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So, is it visible? Yeah, it's visible like this. Oh, then I just leave it like this. Okay. Um, okay. So, for example, if you want, you can be the the child yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and it's a child who really doesn't like uh, school so you okay, come in school. and you say I, I just hate school yeah okay so the first thing to do in a conversation like this either with a child or with a, a friend or a family member who has a problem is you want to really acknowledge the problem first you, so we can't go into solution focused mode immediately i have to say oh um how, how was your day there what did, did something happen today and then you can say oh yeah my teacher uh was rude to me or I was rude to Yeah, my my teacher was rude to me and I got bullied on the mm. like in the class because I, I I wasn't able to solve a math problem. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And and then you really go into uh, their experience uh, like oh that yeah, that's really unpleasant to to get bullied. It's, it's really a, a bad You, you, you bad acknowledge feeling. also that You that, have that, to acknowledge okay. it. Yeah, 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 because they need to feel heard. Everyone needs to feel heard with their problem. Um and you really need to take some time out for that. So that. Okay, that's really, really unpleasant. The risk with this is that you stay too long into the uh, problem-focused conversation. So you need a sweet spot. You definitely need to acknowledge it. You're not robots. But if the whole, for example, if we're speaking about a session, if the whole session is only going to be about the problem, the problem and how bad it is, the kid is going to walk out of the room feeling worse or just the same as uh, yeah. as before so uh, once the problem has been properly acknowledged um then for example we can take the pizza as a useful tool to go into the solution focused mode so not the problem anymore and i can ask the kid okay so your school situation if if you were to draw it out on the pizza and red is the negative and, and green is the positive what would it look like 
Uh, I think like this is perfect. It would be half, yeah. half, half would be good, and half would be would be uh, not as good. Okay. And the good part being that uh, I have two very good friends at school. Nice. And the bad part is that I'm being bullied by other children, and uh, I'm not so good at maths. So so that and and guys, yeah. we're now simulating like a little yeah. psychology experiment for just for the <laughs> yeah, people yeah. listening. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. And so uh, you already described the red and the and the green. That's uh, that's good. So now we can enter solution focused mode. We already mentioned some of the green. So that makes someone think about okay, what is okay about the situation? It's not all red. Maybe it is all red, but in in this case, and, and oftentimes and, 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 it's and not all. Just yeah. for people listening now, Spotify and yeah. they're not seeing what we're seeing. Yeah. When red means it's not as good, right? Yeah. Yeah. And green is good. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So they see this uh, this pizza, and now right now half is red and half is green. Yeah. And so the next question I would ask is, um, okay, if the pizza were one piece more green. What would that look like? Uh, what what would have been something that maybe you would have changed about the situation? Mm, I think perhaps I would have taken some extra lessons in maths mm -hmm. and that would have made me better at it, yeah. which would also directly cause me to be less bullied. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. So now someone is already thinking about solutions and they're coming up with it themselves too. I'm not giving suggestions. Yeah. yeah, then that's, that's a very useful... Uh, and, I wasn't even aware that I was doing it, like whilst we're telling you. That's oh, why cool, I had the little yeah. ooh moment. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So that's. And if someone doesn't have this uh, this pizza tool uh, with the pieces, you can also draw it. So yeah, you don't yeah. need the, the tool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can even do it with Lego pieces, like a little with younger kids. Maybe it's fun, like uh, stairs, and then a little uh, Lego piece, little man of Lego, and then he's st he's standing on. He's gives the situation. Uh, Two out of ten. It okay. sucks. Yeah. It's two. And where would what would he have to do to go up one one step, one step of the pyramid nice. to make it look like a tree? Yeah. Um, that's also nice and visual for for kids. And then other examples of questions that you can ask that are solution focused, both with kids or with your friends. Um, I, I wrote them down because then I know I yeah I, go uh, ahead I tell them all. Um, so is there, for example, anyone in your life who could help you to? to do this thing uh, that, for example, the solution you just mentioned, um, who could help you with that? So they start thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I can ask this person. So again, more thinking about more solutions. Um, have you ever had a, a day in school in which the pizza were, was mostly uh, green or was completely green, ideally? What, would, what did that day look like? So they start thinking, oh, actually... Maybe there was a good day once. What did that look like? And then what did you do during that day? What did you do differently than what you normally do? And so the goal of all of that is to put someone in a, a different state of mind that's not just focused on the, the problem and the worry, but looking ahead, looking at a hypothetical situation that's maybe not yet there, but that is in our power. It is conceivable. Yeah, right? Yeah. If you can teach kids that habit... And they internalize that. You create resilient uh, adults. And I, I, I think also some more practical advice, mm -hmm. like sports. Yeah. I think that children that are put on sports at a very young age, mm -hmm. they're kind of forced into this. Like oh. they're, they're kind of forced into cool. uh, thinking about solutions. Look, like quite frankly, if you're mm -hmm. overweight, 
mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to run as fast as other kids. Yeah. What do you have to do? Change your eating habits. And yeah. your teacher will tell you. Most mm-hmm. that, That's something I love about trainers. Yeah. Like they, uh, maybe because they're low on agreeableness, yeah. or most of them, yeah. they'll just tell you, look, mm. you're fat, man. You have to lose weight in order to <laughs> yeah, run more and be more healthy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And they'll help you with everything in your life. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I think that's great. And, and, and mm-hmm. like they just look at the solution, you have to do that. And maybe it's a bit too harsh. But for some children, especially yeah, children... Yeah, it can be necessary. Yeah, it depends on their personality. It can also... Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, it's no, interesting yeah. what you're it's, saying. It's, yeah. it, 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 what you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. It, it could also completely destroy someone's self-esteem, right? To tell yeah. them that they're fat. Yeah. And we have to watch out with that. Yeah. But for children... I'm talking about myself right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, my, my teacher told me, look, if you want to get stronger in the taekwondo ring, mm-hmm. you have to gain some weight. You're too skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hurts for two, three days. Yeah. Okay, now let's get to work, man. Nice, yeah. So... Uh, mm-hmm look at your child if he's able to take it i think it's good to bring him the news and <laughs> tell him the things that he should work on and in a solution uh or not tell him ask him and then he has to figure yeah. it out himself yeah, uh, yeah. But having the conversation is most important yeah for sure uh and then also helping him with that yeah see like, how you can support him and ask him how can i help you with ooh, your goal that's a good question yeah with everything right yeah 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 for especially if you're the parents that's like something that, you're the closest adult uh, to the kid, so yeah. uh, what can I do? Yeah. What I find so, so interesting about this podcast is that when people mm-hmm. are telling me about uh, different theories they have, yeah. as I like, I like this is not my my, my work, like doing a podcast. Yeah. I, I run a media agency, mm. and when negotiating with a client, mm. it's exactly this. Oh, yeah. You look at the problems that are uh, in, in, the, in the company, yeah. uh, wh- like what was what, 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 the red, what's the green, how can we better it? Yeah. And then you ask questions and then they have to come up with themselves and then you should be able to provide that. Cool, and yeah. obviously there's some tricks where you already need to be able, you, you, you kind of know what they're going to say so yeah. you can prepare your answer. And then w- when they tell you, I need videos, you can be like, and we make videos. Um, yeah, So cool. it's really interesting. So like these series, guys, it's really uh, applicable in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And... Uh, I think like it's good for everyone, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can really get creative with how you what you just said now. That's very useful. Just for me, I have a first meeting on on Monday with a new client. Yeah, this structure is very yeah, just definitely ask them, "Oh, what are the red, what are the greens? Uh what what solutions do you see? Oh, I can help with that in this way." That's awesome. Yeah, definitely yeah. useful. So it's also in business you can use this. Business, sports, yeah. everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, nice. no, this is great. And uh, yeah, these pieces, I mean, like, I, I was going to ask you, wh- wh- where can we get this? But like, you can make them yourself. We don't even have to tell them. Yeah, you don't because even I, need I know to. There it will was be some like people, some little web shop that I no, found. No, no, let's, let's not tell them because yeah. there will be some people that will be like, I don't have it, so I can't do it. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> you have to do it and you're going to find a way to do it. Because in this show, we don't support people being lazy. Just make your own little green red paper pe- pizza. Paper pizza. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you got this. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, use your Legos. Yeah, use your Legos. The, another, I'll say one last way to do this. Yeah. You don't need the pizza. What you can do is, um, and it's it can even be more, this can be an even more uh, stronger technique than the pizza. So you have like the a, a room in which there there is, in which you have space. And then you take uh, pieces of paper and then you write like one and then two, three, uh, like uh, different pieces of paper, you line them out uh, on the ground. On each paper, there's one number, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, from one to ten, because someone can then grade the situation from a one to ten. That's also kind of what we do with the pizza, though it's uh, more pieces, doesn't matter. Um, you ask the person to stand next to the grade that they give the situation right now. So maybe the situation is a tree, 
again, it sucks, they're standing there and then they look ahead and you ask them, okay, what can we do to make the situation look like a four? And then they t physically, they take a step, they go stand next to the four and then you ask them, okay, how does it feel now that you stand here? So then you kind of, it's a mm, bit of, yeah. uh, like, very creative, but... Um, you're, you're, you're connecting movement to, yeah, to the thinking as well. physical steps, yeah. And then you make them walk up that skill and say, okay, let's do something crazy. Go stand at the 10, go stand there. Ooh. Tell me, close your eyes, tell me what it's like. Um, and then they're, they're and, and then, fantasizing and then they, about they it. Will, like, we have talked about this in the previous podcast, guys. Yeah. They will visualize what yeah. it is like to be a 10. Yeah. And they will make it conceivable in their brain. Exactly. Because someone that cannot conceive how it is to achieve, uh, let's call it success or whatever, like fullest mm -hmm. potential, mm -hmm. They can never do it because they don't know how no, what it looks like. So they have yeah. to think about that. Yeah. So yeah. this is amazing for everyone, not just children. Also yeah. for top business people, uh, anyone that's watching this podcast, do that. If there are aspects in your life that uh, you think you could like better, do, do what she said. One to ten, stand wherever you're standing now. It might be a four, might be a five. Go stand like one step further each time, and then try to step on the ten if you dare to, and think about it. just close your eyes and think about what. It would look like if you stand there and after doing that uh reverse engineer the process and look at the small tiny bits you can do to get there and i think that's uh, a beautiful way to end the podcast right if, there, if sure. we touch on everything that, that yeah. you wanted to yeah absolutely yeah we've uh, we've spoken about everything that i had in mind to uh, to discuss yeah i hope it was uh, interesting yeah. for everyone watching it was uh, fun to talk for about. Everyone watch that till the end. For everyone that that stayed watching until the very end, yeah, we, we thank you so much. And if you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. Leave a comment. Give us some feedback. We always want constructive feedback. Uh, and leave a like. That would help the podcast. And we can get bigger guests for you guys. So thank you for watching, Luisa. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, thanks. We see you guys soon in the next one. Ciao. I'm the most brutal and efficient and most ruthless champion it's ever been Yesterday, you said tomorrow, so just do it! You should be a monster, and then you should learn how to control it from It all comes from life lessons